This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, everybody. Hey, monkeys. Welcome to this uh, quick edition of the Snark Monkey podcast talking about the L.A. Film Festival, which as of this release begins on Thursday the 20th. It goes through the 28th. And if you are in any way a lover of movies, Film, the cinema. Uh, you should go. They have uh, festival passes available as well as, and you'll find out more here in the podcast, uh, individual tickets for selected events. And there's some really great stuff in the festival. Uh, go right away to filmindependent.org to check out the festival program and where you can get tickets. We talk with the director of the L.A. Film Festival herself just before she begins her eight-day period of a nervous breakdown uh, handling the Herculean effort of uh, running a film festival. Jennifer Coaches is our guest. Support independent film. And if you're a Southern California resident, your hometown independent film festival. This is some good stuff. Take a listen. Festival opens this week, and you it looks like it opens this week. I can see the terror on your face. Uh, no, you're fine, right? You're fine. No, I, I look this way all of the time. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, it's my default. Uh, it is this week. It's uh, Opening night is Thursday, September 20th, and it runs all the way to Friday, September 28th. And one of the new things, I guess over the maybe just the past year or so, is that there are many venues for where this film festival actually happens, hitting different parts of Southern California by design, which seems to help get more people out. I mean, did you see that impact last year? Yes. And in listening, you know, constantly being curious and talking to people that come to the festival and um, just neighbors and, and people in my life, um, the refrain that we have in Los Angeles is folks that live on the east side going to the beach might as well be, you know, packing for a trip to Mars and vice versa. <laughs> and so in trying to be smart and economical about, you know, people's time and where they want to go watch movies, we are in the Arclights. So we're at the Arclight Santa Monica, the Arclight Culver City and the Arclight Hollywood. And we're also um, centrally located. That's relative to depending on what neighborhood you're in, but like centrally located um in Beverly Hills with the Writers Guild Theater and with the Wallace Annenberg Center for Performing Arts. And this is your second year directing the film festival, correct? It second is. Second full year. And are there some other tweaks and changes that maybe are something new? Your delicate touch that you have, uh, the coat of paint you have put on the festival this year? Well, so I, I'm, I'm really counting this as my first like real year doing it because right. I had only started six months before in the role um, last year in June. So now... You know, 
Move the festival's dates. That's pretty big and significant. Really listen to people about the location. Um, and I started looking at storytelling in all of its forms. So we have podcasts in the festival. Yes. We have series in the festival. Right. You have we television have series in retrospectives, there. Retrospectives. Which in its own way has become a version of independent filmmaking and so storytelling true. that it just happens to be eight-hour, ten-hour stories now. Exactly. Yeah. So not being precious about like, oh, that would never play a film festival. <laughs> Wherever the good stories are coming from, that's what we are showcasing. That's great. And independent film generally, and this uh, is going to be a generalization, and you can tell me if I'm wrong or not, but it, it seems to me that independent film has always been a great place to find more diversity, whether that's gender diversity, uh, stories from different cultures. It's always felt like that's a place where you can see things that you would never normally see, and that still seems to be very much the case, even though Things are changing very slowly in the kind of mainstream Hollywood world of filmmaking. The independent film is kind of this bastion of if you it doesn't matter where you come from, who you are. If you have a great story to tell, that's what it's about. It's very true. And we have a full on summit that's free and open to the public at the Writers Guild Theater um, dedicated to those sorts of topics. It's called We the People, and it's looking at diversity and inclusion in entertainment and how it can be better and how we can all do better. And that's from everybody, from people that are differently abled to getting more women in a writer's room. Like it's, it's, it's comprehensive. And I encourage folks that are interested in this as a topic to come out because it's free. Great. And a constant source of discussion in the business these days, no matter at what level. So it's a good conversation to have. Mm-hmm. Let's, for people who, just on the very surface of it, who maybe don't understand why a film is considered independent, and that maybe that definition has even changed a little bit over the years. There was a, a period in the 90s where there was this kind of big groundswell of independent film, but they were very popular movies. Uh, it used to be independent meant obscure, uh, rarely shown, art house, whatever that means anymore. Uh, what currently would be considered the definition of independent film? I think anything that's done outside of the studio system or anybody that's really taking risks with regard to their storytelling. So if you're used to only going and seeing, you know, awesome because i love them but awesome tentpole movies in the summer where a lot of people are wearing like capes and can shoot things out of their eyes this is the complete (laughs) antidote of that there's Mm -hmm. an opportunity to really see yourself possibly reflected on the screen Um, people from you know different parts of the world people from different parts of the city of los angeles we have you know cowboys from compton we have a documentary about that we have Dwayne Johnson is the executive producer on this movie called Stuntman, and it's, you know, Los Angeles is a company town, and if we were ever going to play to folks that, you know, know the hard work of stunt people, like, this is the type of content that we're showing, and it's a little, it's a little, it deviates a lot from, I guess, the the stuff that we're fed through amazing marketing campaigns <laughs> throughout from here until the next iteration of a franchise part 127. So it gives you a good balance, I think, in terms of the, the quality and thoughtfulness of the storytelling. And, and I think for the for people who still maybe kind of view independent film as something, you know, inaccessible, it, it, it may not be mainstream, but it doesn't mean that it's not entertaining or mm-hmm. doesn't mean I mean I've uh, there were a number of years where I would attend Telluride because I uh, yeah I know uh, <laughs> until until it just until everybody 
uh, realized that Telluride was a great place to go, and then I couldn't get into any movies, so I stopped going. But in the period of time where I would go, because it's not a competition, and so you're not overwhelmed with sponsors and that sort of thing, and it's in a beautiful setting, and there's George Lucas walking around, and I'm having a sandwich next to Peter Bogdanovich. It's just, it's like for movie lovers, it's this great experience. And uh, uh, it was always kind of interesting where things would generally be very dark as for the, that's the nature sometimes of independent film but then something like juno would be screened and people would be dancing around going it was funny it was light uh, there's a wide variety of kinds of stories being told and and i think if we want to talk about this year's slate i think that's very evident starting with uh one of great interest probably to our k-earth listeners echo in the canyon which mm-hmm. is your opening night movie which i cannot wait to see i can't wait for you to see it if i would have dreamed up a more perfect movie to open the los angeles film festival i i don't know that i actually could have um it's a love letter to los angeles it looks at um sort of the seminal people involved in the 60s in what has come to be known as the California Sound. It's a love letter to the folks of that time. Many of them are in the film. And then it's about a new generation also interacting with those songs and those people. Um, It's at the Ford Amphitheater. So, um, you know, it's going to be outside under the stars. You can bring a picnic. We have... um, a performance afterwards by some of the people in the film. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, if I if I lived 10 more lives, if I could replicate what's going to happen there. Wow, wow. So it's really exciting. And to your point about Telluride and the, the, the type of like um, things that are out there on the festival circuit that a lot of folks are hearing about, we're playing several films from Telluride. Yeah. So I have no um, ego around playing something for the first time or a world premiere. There are films that have won awards at Toronto. We have films that have played Telluride. We have films that have played the Venice Film Festival. We have films that have played at South by Southwest and Tribeca. So you don't have to be part of a very small group of people that get to go and do that. You can see that right here in your own backyard. Which I think is a great move because really the number of people who actually get to go and experience those festivals, that's a very really a very small number as well attended as Sundance can be and Telluride can be in Toronto is a, is a major one. Um, you're still giving the chance for locally, especially mm-hmm. people who love movies to see some of these things for the very first time in an atmosphere where they're not uh, impacted by any big marketing or reviews or any of that. That's the joy or to altitude. Me. Yes, that's right. <laughs> of still being out of breath halfway through the movie. Yep. Uh, just from walking up the hill. I mean, that's kind of the joy of, of attending these things is uh, have no preconceived notion about it. And you can end up loving something that uh, may go on to great heights or award season or whatever, or may just be something you treasure. One of the ones I believe your closing night movie is uh, a film is one that has already debuted elsewhere. It, it, no, mm, it's world premiere. Oh, it. okay. Well, I'm, which one was I thinking of? Closing night is Nomus. Nomus, yes. Um, it's it's by a first time writer director. Um, so is Echo in the Canyon. So both of these we're using this platform to really kind of lift up. First time. See, that's another the sense of diversity is that you're giving first-time filmmakers a chance to screen their movies, and that's fantastic. It's important. Yeah. Or we could have done the thing where you play something that doesn't very well need our help, but I chose to go in a different direction yeah. because there's a responsibility there. Um, Sonoma stars Henry Cavill and Sir Ben Kingsley and Alexander Daddario and um, Nathan Fillion and Stanley Tucci. He pulled together an incredible cast for his first film. And what's unique about this year that was one of my like slow, like I'm slowly turning the wheel, 
um, heretofore to come to opening or closing night, you had to be a pass holder. And I've opened up a, a percentage of seats so that the general public can buy tickets and can come and have that experience. Yay! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> so, <laughs> See, for somebody who works at night and all the fun stuff happens at night, so the fact that maybe I might be able to go attend some of these things one-off is makes me very happy. Thank you. You're welcome. My sincere <laughs> pleasure. <laughs> you did this for me. <laughs> One that also stuck out to me is uh, because it involves people that I absolutely love watching. And again, it doesn't necessarily look like your typical independent festival movie is The Oath. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ike Barinholtz, who is hilarious to me. He makes me laugh. Uh, well known for The Mindy Project. He was in recently... Uh, uh, blockers. Okay. <laughs> I have to be very careful how I say that. Tiffany Haddish is in it, and I think Ike directed this as he well, did. right? Uh, and that's clearly a big, like, high-concept comedy with an independent kind of slant to it, it feels like. It is. It's really, really funny. It's mm-hmm. really, really dark, and um, it's his directorial debut. It's right. the first time he's ever made a movie as a director. Um, Tiffany Haddish is the, his co-lead, and then, like, all kinds of funny people like Harry Brownstein that you from Portlandia and people like that are peppered throughout it. Um, and that's something also open to the public. You can buy a ticket and go to the Arclight in Hollywood. Um, and it's just... Uh, it's going to be something that I think a lot of people talk about after they watch it. Now would be a good time to drop in since we've plugged that the general public can grab, uh, you know, single tickets for each screening, some of the screenings. Uh, now would be a good time to plug that uh, website. Right. Um, so if you go to filmindependent.org, there's a very clear L.A. Film Festival button. Just click on it and you'll be able to go in and explore tickets and passes in our program. Um, and... I can't encourage it enough. We also have an app. If you if you don't like doing stuff on your computer, you can certainly do it on your phone. It's free. Um, oh, the kids love the apps these the days. The apps, the apps. Good um, for you. <laughs> yeah, we have an app too. So either or, it's very user friendly, and and that's a great place to go and see what. And as it's been going, you know, we see this demand, and every couple of days, if we're able to, we release more and more tickets. So, um, you know, if something reads as being on rush line right now, might not be the case in two days. So keep checking back. Great. Uh, I have a couple of other things I wrote down that I'm excited about just asking you about whether I get to actually go and see them or not. Um, I hope so. Um, what are some other high profile or or just ones that actually personally you feel passionate about, whether it's uh, particular screenings or shows or events or programs or anything that you just are really excited about this year? All of the babies are beautiful. <laughs> Let me start with that. Um, but there's always one that's a little bit <laughs> your favorite that's a little cuter and a little smarter than the rest. I would say I would say just in terms of, of things that are they're, they're not missable that are happening here and once. Um, Tenacious D, post-apocalypto, that's Jack that's right. Black. and um, It's an animated Kyle, he hand-drew and animated every single frame of this thing and it's we're playing the whole series intact and you know he's going to be talking in conversation afterwards and it's just like I don't I I don't think it'll be projected on a screen again it's going to be coming out and you know like they're doing a very deliberate like slow reveal of it so I would I would check that one out um for music folks Kate Nash underestimate the girl is the most like riot girl punk rock awesome documentary about her and just um an, an artist trying to make their way and it's it's a beautiful and evocative film um we've got good girls get high what goes on in the movie is super in the title and it's very entertaining 
Um, if you like horror movies, The Dead Center stars an indie darling who won the Sundance Grand Jury Prize as a director. His name's Shane Carruth. Um, he stars in this movie, and it's um, really creepy. I could go on forever, mm. but depending on depending on what you like, you know, if you like retrospectives, if you've never seen The Dark Crystal projected. We're playing it. Oh wow! If you want to go have uh, have a have a day with your kid? We have kid prices for our Little Mermaid sing along. Go check it out. Like, pretty sure that there's a little something for everybody. I am a sucker for anything that shows the genius of some of the early days of cinema and the early stars of cinema. The Great Buster is going to be screened, mm-hmm. correct? The Great Can you Buster. Tell us about that. So that was directed by Peter Bogdanovich. It played, it premiered at the Venice Film Festival. It also played the Telluride Film Festival, and it won an award at Venice um, for the best documentary on cinema. We're playing it for the first time um, in California, much less Los Angeles. Um, it is his look at um, Buster Keaton and all he gave to cinema, his legacy. It's really beautiful film. It's very entertaining and Maybe you'll see Peter Bogdanovich there. Oh, I've sat at Telluride with and had a sandwich with him. I, uh, he's old hat to me. No, I would love that. Uh, that's amazing. And then we mentioned earlier television series. Uh, I have a place at this at the LA Film Festival more and more these days. Again, great storytelling, and and we all I think we all can agree there is just some tremendous television going on right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tony Collette's series mm-hmm. uh, is going to be screened. Wonderlust? Wonderlust. If you want to see that before all your friends, before it comes <laughs> out, um, we're playing the premiere episode of that series, and there will be a conversation followed with the creators afterwards. Um, I don't know if you know a lot about it. It's Googleable. Um, it's a really, really um, wonderful portrait study, and she's, she's a commanding force in it, and something I think everybody's going to be hearing about for a long time. What are the challenges? I mean, here you are in what is considered the entertainment capital of the world. It is a place where so much content is being created and put out into the world. And yet an independent film festival is it's not a given that you're going to bring crowds in. Talk about the challenges of being in a place where movies are made every single day and distributed and sent out to the world. But being able to expose this kind of storytelling is a challenge. It, I mean, admittedly, it's just it's a little tough to get people to pay attention. Right. I will say that living in Los Angeles as an Angelino, this is my adopted home. We are so culturally rich that sometimes there, even like just for myself, we, you and I could walk in two different directions down the street and go see something that most cities would just like be insanely thrilled about. Um, we're really wealthy in that regard. Um, in terms of competing for eyeballs and getting people to come out, like I am, I'm a homebody. It takes a lot for me to leave my house. I think it's just people under like looking at the programming year over year and connecting with what the LA Film Festival means. And then also it's our hometown film festival. We all have to want it to succeed or it won't. And so if this type of thing has always interested you and you've never gone, like this might be your year. And if you like it, you know, we have passes, we have, if, if there's something that, you know, even money might be a problem and is cost prohibitive. We've got so much free programming for people. So I, I think it's just like a great place to bring somebody on a date. If you're interested in VR or immersive storytelling, we've got this insane, crazy program that was put together by the former director of AFI Fest, Jacqueline Leonga. She was our guest director of that. And if you want to put on a headset and literally go to another world, that's at your fingertips for free. Um, so I think it's just people have to 
people have to want to connect with film in this way. And I think once they do, we have, I've gotten emails from folks that this is their 22nd year coming to the LA Film Festival. Mm. And once you're in on the secret, I think you keep coming back. Um, my aim is to constantly want to expand and to include more people and to have more experiences for people. And um, so far, so good. Yeah. Uh, now, on the other hand, uh, for people who are truly passionate about this and who have attended uh, many years or who feel a passion for independent film, want to be involved, are there ways to volunteer, if not this year or for future years? Uh, do you look for people to be a part of the process of organizing and uh, being there and ticket taking and concessions, that sort of thing. Is there a way people can volunteer their time? Definitely. I don't know if, if this hour on this day <laughs> um, it will be feasible, but filmindependent.org is a, a good place to go again. We've got a section um, where you can click on what openings are available. And we are constantly in, like, whether it be What's the great thing about Film Independent, which, you know, is the parent organization for the L.A. Film Festival, they put on events constantly. So after the L.A. Film Festival, the Spirit Awards, which is one of the biggest award shows that we all have. It's now my favorite, by it, the way. It's, it's, <laughs> it's so much fun. It's so irreverent. And it's, it exposes you to both movies you know about and movies you don't that live in the same universe together. Uh, it's turned me on to so many things that I hadn't been aware of. It makes you cooler. It, it, I feel so much cooler. It makes you think you're cooler anyway, <laughs> yeah. in my case. Yeah, I love that award well, show. Well, I know that they're looking for volunteers. And then once the Spirit Awards is over, then the festival starts looking for volunteers again. So there's a way to be involved year-round with what Film Independent has going on. And um, we love our volunteers. The more, the merrier. Yeah. If you are in any way a lover of film and the cinema and even movies, even movie movies, if you love them all uh, and you want to be involved, and also there's so many other, there are, there are classes and seminars and so many things that Film Independent does. So filmindependent.org. In general, uh, just just bounce around that website and you'll just be enthralled. But most importantly, for the moment, check out the lineup for the L.A. Film Festival starting the uh, 20th and going through the 28th. And uh, as you said, uh, single event tickets will be available for, you know, you can kind of pick and choose your menu of what you would like to do. And I, I can't, I mean, it really sounds like an exciting year. I'm, I'm really excited for you. And you. I'm glad to see you're holding up this close to opening night and look like, and and look, you strung a few sentences together. You actually <laughs> were coherent for most of the time we've been talking. It's all the caffeine. I, just prick <laughs> me. I, I will bleed a latte. What, what are you, what are you like going to be like on the 29th? I'm just curious. I That's mentally the goalpost I've set for myself. If I can just make it there, I, I'll get to rest. I'm probably mm-hmm. going to do dishes and laundry it's a i'm a mess it's a shambles um but (laughs) and then on the 30th it would be let's start planning next year oh i'm already there yeah oh jennifer it is a delight to talk to you i couldn't be more excited about the film festival and i hope that we get the chance to talk to everybody at film independent over the year uh forthcoming and into next year uh, just about some of the exciting stuff you're doing it's a personal passion of mine good luck hang in there you're gonna be fine everything's gonna be fine thank you it's look in my eyes it's going to be fine. I don't, awesome. I don't sound very comfortable. <laughs> You're right. Jennifer Coaches, thank you so much. Thank you. Get a monkey. Get a monkey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.